Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. Greetings and welcome to another edition of The Way of Noah. Really excited for this conversation. Literally just got off the phone with these amazing women who are on the ground in D.C. I so wish I was with my sisters in D.C. There's so many amazing women that have been able to travel to D.C. to do this work. There are people who are organizing, mobilizing all over the country and focusing on, you know, cancel Kavanaugh, you know, the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. And, and and I know that there are different people who have their opinions about whether or not this is a valid thing to do. But so coming up is a conversation I just had with Jennifer Addison and Tracy Quarter of Center for Popular Democracy. Brilliant organizers, amazing work. Got to work with these ladies on the ground here in Georgia ahead of our primary for the Glow Vote initiative alongside Insay Ofant and other folks from New Georgia Project and Work and Families Party as well. Great collaborative effort, amazing grassroots organizing. And and we see, you know, these organizations and other groups out there doing the work, helping also to make, you know, these opportunities to go in protest in DC at such an amazing and important and pivotal time, right? Um I I I, I like I said, I, I felt like kind of sad that I couldn't also go. But then, you know, Tracy and others have reminded me that the work that we all do back in our home communities, the work we're doing to help elect folks, the work we're doing to help lift up people. Shout out to Fight for 15 organizers on some amazing victories. Um, and I mean, to say that something's an amazing victory does not mean there still isn't work. But to see, you know, Amazon announced today that they will, you know, you know, move workers to $15 an hour, I think by 2020. Again, like that $15 by 2020 it's a whole other thing because by 2020, we're going to be talking about something else, right? Um, or the, the the fact that so many people don't have the conversation about indexing to, you know, a living wage or even the $15 to uh, inflation is is another conversation as well. But it doesn't mean that they're actually moving actors, even if it's because they're reacting to the pressure, we've still moved people. And there are so many labor organizers, so many people who've actually done the work, whether it's folks back in Seattle, whether it's just the Fight for Team movement that we've received all over the, the country. Um, you know, Congresswoman-elect Rashida Tlaib just got arrested today in Detroit uh, at a Fight for 15 action. I mean, definitely as well as former gubernatorial candidate uh, Abdul El-Sayed. So people are definitely like stepping up and getting out there and doing this. And you know, recognize the privilege in being able to do this work, to be arrested, to know that someone will be there to come get you, right? Not everyone can do that or is in a position. And and so I appreciate the people who are able to leverage their their platform, their their presence, their bodies, and, and their notoriety in these ways. But we can't overlook and forget the organizers that have made this possible. You know, I myself quipped on face on Twitter this morning that, you know, look, I guess Bernie Sanders we can't say that Bernie Sanders hasn't accomplished anything, right? Because that's one of the major Christians, like Bernie Sanders never did anything. Well, you know, he has directly challenged, you know, Bezos. I mean, same with lifting up and supporting, you know, the Disney workers. Uh, he, 
Bernie and Ro Khanna had introduced legislation directly addressing, you know, Amazon and the extreme, you know, insanity and egregious, you know, wage differential between uh, the, 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 the valuation of the company, the upper, upper elites in the company, and the average workers themselves. But in recognizing the work that these people do, we can't ignore the fact that it has literally been organizers, literally people probably with right. I mean, we, when there's like the video and article about the anti-union practices of Amazon, which is not the only company to have such. Um, this has just recently come to light. So I recognize the victory that was had today because it is something, but there's still so much more work that needs to be done, and we need to make sure that we're supporting and lifting up and engaging and building with those people who are on the front lines doing this work and also making it possible so more people can join them in doing that work because it takes a lot of sacrifice and it takes a lot of support, you know, to help these organizations, to help these people who are, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a blessing for those who are able to organize and still provide for their families, right? It's a blessing for those who are able to organize and still make sure their day-to-day needs are met. And we need to make sure that we're supporting that, right? And not just, um, you know, whatever pontificating on social media that we're all doing because it's a lot because we all can't be on the front lines everywhere and, and those who are able to be on the front lines, it's an amazing thing and, and we definitely need to show support where we can. So uh, I myself am going to try, I believe it's uh, so later this week, you know, our local, one of our local groups, Atlanta Jobs for Justice, I believe is having an action as well. So going to definitely try and get out there and support myself this week. Um, it's hard, but we do need to find a time where we can in these times in particular because it is so important. It's also important that we're showing support for the candidates, the elected officials who are willing to stand up to not only show up at events and take pictures with people and, you know, have their quotes and papers, but who are also willing to enact legislation, enact, you know, a proposed, you know, bills and city council who are willing to actually stand there, not just when the cameras are there, but who are willing to show up when no one else is there and follow through consistently with their action. That's also built into the accountability. So there's been a lot going on. And I, you know, had a full idea of like an episode I would do, but I really just wanted to get this episode up right now with this conversation with Jennifer Addison and and uh, Tracy Corder up because what they're doing right now it sets a whole, I mean, you know, there's a lot of misconception about who is opposing Kavanaugh, why they're opposing Kavanaugh. There are a lot of people opposing Kavanaugh for a lot of different reasons, right? But there's a cohort of organizers, a collective of organizations that have been actively engaged in pushing our democracy forward in a way that we have not seen in recent years, right? And so, you know, a few years ago, I guess when I first started Ben, we talked a little bit about how we're having this feeling, like it's like movements happen in cycles. And in some ways what's happening right now is reminiscent of, you know, the late 60s, the change and agitation we saw then. And in some ways this is something brand new to us, right? But there's a lot of lessons that can be learned. There's a lot that's happening, but we really do need to make sure that instead of just because of who we see the media lifting up, because the media is going to lift up and focus on what it's going to focus on, right? That's what it does for its clicks uh, uh, and things like that. And we do need to kind of continue to change and agitate and, 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 and address the way the media is not act- accurately covering who is doing what work. But at the same time, we do owe it to ourselves, particularly folks who are hyper aware and involved with social media, 
to understand who is doing the work behind the scenes, who's actually doing the organizing, who's doing the mobilizing, who is on the ground. Like when we're seeing these women, we just saw uh, the women who stopped Jeff Flake in the elevator and literally, I mean, like, like what is happening right now is not for the faint of heart. Because we have women who have overcome traumatic experiences in their lives. You know, telling your sexual assault story, right? As a survivor, telling your story, if you, if you, whether you were raped, sexual, whatever, whatever it is, right? Explaining or recounting and telling that, not just to a singular another person, but in public, in so many of these instances on video, in a very public manner, to someone who literally does not care about your humanity or your existence, it takes a lot. This is pure grit happening right now. And I am so impressed and honored um, to see the, the, the different, I think it was Senator Perdue who ignored Jennifer and, and Isela Blanc. Isela is a representative uh, uh, from Arizona. Uh, amazing. You guys may have remembered when I did an interview with Athena Salzman, um, Juan, and, 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 and Isela back in 2016 when they were the clean, they were a clean slate because uh, they took clean clean funds. I forget exactly what, what, what it's called in Arizona, but like a clean election slate. But, uh, but got to know Isela when she was running in 2016. Amazing woman, you know? And, and so like people are just trying to engage those who are elected to represent all of us not just their select interests. They aren't elected to elect to, to, to represent the select few, contrary to their popular belief. They, they go into those chambers and they represent all of us, right? And so you have these women, and I appreciate those, you know, non-women who are there showing support and solidarity. And granted, yes, sexual assault is not gendered. It doesn't only affect women as well. But, but at the same time, this is the crux of what we're seeing when we're talking about the real social impact of these issues. And so I'm really inspired and motivated by the action I'm seeing and having these conversations. And it made me just take a moment to step back recently just to check on the women in my life to see how has everyone been doing because there's been like wall-to-wall, round-the-clock coverage of the accusations. And we're watching this all fall, you know, fall apart in some ways, but, you know, you can very well see this, this, this Senate still ramming this through no matter what, right? So the, the having the presence with all the people who are active and motivated and engaged and then channeling it, and that's what we get into in this conversation as well. The other thing I just wanted to say, just drop a little note on is I'm really tired of seeing people claim that is a due process violation for, for Kavanaugh or that he's being, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. This is not a criminal proceeding. This is a job interview. This is the job interview. Like, this is that sweet job that you have for life paid for by the taxpayer's job interview. And so you serve your interviews at the leisure. It should be. It ought to be at the leisure of people. There's a lot of different, you know, information out there in terms of the standard for Supreme Court justices in terms of their supposed, um, you know, how they're supposed to be able to be nonpartisan. There's a lot of things out there about what what the standards should be for Supreme Court justices and how they adjudicate issues. I mean, obviously, we, we've seen some of the things that have happened and seen some of the decisions that have come down, and we know that's horse crap, but at least there's been a modicum or an appearance, right, of, of, of in, in, you know, 
impartiality. And Kavanaugh, through all of this, that's completely out the window and out the door. But the other thing I add is that my my point has been that this reminds me of character and fitness. Yesterday was my lawyer anniversary. Yay! I have been a lawyer for nine years. Nine years ago, yesterday, I found out that I passed the bar. Uh, first time through doing home study, you know, got bragging myself a little bit, single mom doing the thing. But um, when I think about character and fitness and what you have to go through in certain jurisdictions, even, and the thing is, character and fitness isn't just when you're becoming a new lawyer. If you switch jurisdictions, if you wave in someplace else, you have to do character and fitness, you know, when you're waving in brand new. So, you know, even people who have been practicing for, you know, dozens and tens and decades and things like that, like they still, if they're going to wave into a new district, they have to go through character and fitness again. And some, you know, are very extensive, more extensive than others. But this is a character and fitness review that he's going through. This is not about, you know, uh, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. This is not about due process. I mean, quite honestly, when we think about jobs, and I saw someone give the analogy of that they were going to hire someone to work in their house. And then they had, they were going to hire a contractor. And then they had got reports from numerous women in the community about issues with this person. And they ultimately decided not to hire them, but they consider it's like, you know, they're not entitled to due process because the guy's not entitled to, you know, have the job or anything like like the entitlement to this job that is being expressed by Kavanaugh, Republicans and his supporters is astonishing. Right. They have dismissed or refused to allow to be considered people for far less. And yet we have seen twice in my lifetime someone accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment, shoved through and rammed down the throats of the people. And so while I was young, when Clarence Thomas was happening, I do very well remember that. We were homeschooled. We watched the news and read the news a lot and discussed it a lot with my dad. So I do remember, you know, the Clarence Thomas, Anita Hill stuff pretty vividly. And there's a lot of, we're seeing a lot of this happen again. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the effort we're seeing from the cancel Kavanaugh actions, um, you know, be a hero. We've already even seen the be a hero actions happening all summer and it's been amazing work. And, and this is the time where we all have the opportunity and Tracy does touch on this, that we can be a hero in our own right and in our own space. And so I'm really honored to have chatted with these two women this evening. Um, I thank them so much for their service and all of their work they're doing. And these are like everyday average folks like you and I, they have families, like Jennifer's written extensively, you know, in posts and stuff about how, like, oh, my husband still loves me even though I canceled our vacation. Or, you know, I know Tracy has had other obligations with family and loved ones and stuff that she's had to put on hold because the work is demanding it of us right now. And so what we can do is we can lift up, we can support, we can engage, and we can build with folks. It is not as simple as a singular tweet we're seeing on Twitter. There's really layers that's digging in. So... Here's our brief conversation. Um, you know, like I said, these ladies have been going at it. They're on the road. We'll definitely check back with them. Uh, and hopefully Tracy and I will be able to do some live work together when she's here later this month for GOTV um, work. But I'm really excited uh, to see what we are all building. And this is how movements should work. We have multiple strategies, multiple people. We're all moving forward. We might not exactly agree on every single little thing, but we're building, we're uplifting, and we're moving together. So check this out, like, share, and definitely check out the information about the campaign in the in the in, in the description. All right, talk to you guys soon. Peace. Bye.
and here we go. Uh, you guys, this is so exciting for me, not just because like I'm in the presence of greatness right now, but because these amazing women are like literally putting their bodies on the line right now in DC. Um, Be a Hero, Cancel Kavanaugh, the amazing, amazing crew from Center for Popular Democracy is joining me tonight um, on this special edition of Way with Noah. I'm just jumping right into this conversation because I'm excited. They're giving me a little time while they're literally um, on the move. And I'm joined by Jennifer and Tracy. Thank you so much. How are you guys doing today? Really excited to finally be recording with you. I know. It's like so long in the making and we keep saying we're going to do it. And then we get wine and we fall asleep and it never happens. But now we're doing it. Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm in this like weird space of being simultaneously maybe as angry as I have ever been and at the same time incredibly inspired by the the powerful, impactful women who have been coordinating and organizing ourselves all across the country. So like I feel that righteous anger and I'm ready to tear something up, but I also um am just so proud of women who are standing up and and you know, bringing themselves into this movement. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't even know if any of you guys have even an idea of how many women over the past few weeks have even made their way to D.C. and have been in D.C. But I do want to say thank you, one, for for being there. You know, the Be a Hero tour from the summertime was great. I was really excited to possibly see Tracy numerous times. She was like, yeah, sorry, I'm on the road, Anoa. But Be a Hero, all the work that you all have been doing, and now this sustained effort in D.C. with the Kavanaugh hearings, I mean, and, and, and at the point where we're now challenging directly senators, right, one by one, telling them, you know, having survivors telling their stories, and you all have done this yourselves as well. Like, can you just talk a little bit about, just a little bit about, you know, this whole, you know, effort to really bring this protest um, to this national scale the way it has been, and then... Um, we can talk a little bit more about the actual, you know, confrontations you've had with with some of these ignorant leaders we got. In, on- <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people saw um, about a year ago, our co-worker Adi Barkin confront Jeff Flake on an airplane. Um, it was around the tax fight. And he said to him, um, you know, you could be a hero. Um, you can make your votes match basically your rhetoric. And obviously we know Jeff Flake, we know he was not a hero in that moment. Um, and that kind of exploded and it really introduced me to the concept of bird dogging, which people all over the country have been doing for years and years and years. Um, and so we have been engaging in the tactic of bird dogging, of putting elected officials on notice, making them answer tough questions in public uh, for about a year now. Um, and we have seen the sustained effort from groups like CPD Action, from groups like uh, Be Hero, from Ultraviolet, from Women's March, from all of these folks all over, um, really turn into something um, that people are now catching on film. Um, so like you see Ana Maria, who's in the elevator with Jeff Flake last week. You see me and Mitch McConnell at the airport. You see Jen literally chasing a senator to the bathroom after he told an elected official, a woman from Arizona, that she could not shake his hand. So we have really seen um, kind of the sustained action happening for a long time. I mean, women are angry. Black women have been uh, righteously angry for 400 years. Um, And so we are really showing up and showing out in D.C. Um, And I'll let Jen really talk about, she was actually arrested in the hearing room. I'll let her talk about that because I was a pretty powerful moment. 
I mean, I want to first of all just say Jeff Flake's name is probably the most on-brand politician name anyone could have because he constantly flakes on us. He has this beautiful rhetoric, and then he doesn't actually follow through with it. Um, so I think that's why he's been such a important target. Um, but look, here's the reality is that... You know, women across the country, women and femmes across the country have used every single sort of traditional tactic to try to make their voices heard. They've called, they've emailed, you know, those calls go unanswered, the emails don't go returned, people come to D.C. to try to get a meeting with their senator, and they're given the runaround. And so bird dogging is this tactic in which you find them wherever they're at. And you, you say, you won't take an appointment with me. You won't actually come and hold a town hall in our district. I know y'all know something about that in Georgia, right? So I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to bring it to you at the restaurant you're eating at, at the state fair, at the 4th of July parade, at the coffee shop, at the movie theater, wherever you are. And, you know, over the last year, we've seen women engaging in these tactics. We've seen them, you know, engage in this tactic against the Health and Human Services Secretary after her policy of family separations, um, you know, we're devastating our communities. We've seen people use it here um, in the, the fight to protect democracy and our Supreme Court. Um, and, you know, for us, really, it's about making your voice heard. It's about every single person in this country knowing that they have an absolute right to have ownership in their democracy, to have a voice in their democracy, to be listened to by the people who are supposed to be representing us, that they shouldn't be ashamed to demand an answer on something as important as an FBI investigation or who would be confirmed for the Supreme Court when they talk directly to an elected official. Um, so that's what I'm really proud of. Thousands of, of, of folks across the country have been trained. Thousands of people have come to D.C. over the last three weeks. Um, as Tracy said, I was the second woman arrested, tackled by four men to the ground. And, you know, it was one of those moments as I was sitting in the, in the holding area with all of the other first-day arrestees, um, all of us realized that, this wasn't a day-long fight, that as long as this confirmation process was going to go on, we were going to do everything we could do to bring more women into the fold and to make sure their voices were heard. I absolutely, and I really do appreciate it, and, and thank you for that, like, because for y'all listening, like, I know you've seen, you've probably seen Jennifer's picture and never knew who she was, but it was like, it was you and, um, and Linda, right, were the first two? Absolutely. Linda was the first one dragged out and I was the second and both of us were, were rough house. Although I'll say, uh, you know, that day was bad. Three days ago, women were blowing rape whistles uh, in the Hart Senate building and had police officers rip those whistles off their neck, um, halfway choking some of them. So, you know, this is this is not for the faint of heart. It is for people um that really truly believe that everything needs to be on the line to save democracy right now. And thankfully, uh, we have had no shortage of powerful women and femmes who are showing up um, and, you know, heeding that call. This is what's been so remarkable and amazing to me. And I shared this with Tracy the other day. Like, I was like, I felt guilty not being able to be there with you all, right? Because this is such a huge, amazing moment that we're seeing right now, and Americans tend to be complacent. You know, we, we've had this tendency, but we've increasingly seen this awakening post-2016 and, and seeing the average everyday person, because they keep making a lot about you all. Oh, my God, they're from a Soros-funded agency. And I don't think 
Sir Russell to give us money. <laughs> I'm about to ask Sir Russell to give me my check, put some respect on my check, because I think it's really crazy that they are centering one white man uh-huh. in the work of so many women, especially women of color. Right, exactly, because with 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 Honoria, who was you know with 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 um who who cornered Jeff, like that was one of the attacks. Like, well, she's paid by Jeff Soros, uh, uh, but she's paid by by Soros, and it's just like that is that is the favorite attack on so many you know fronts when women of color, in particular, when people of color, women of color, are doing you know actions like this and organizing this really meaningful way. And and so like when you're talking about the bird dogging, like I think really think that's like also a really important tactic. Because we have had people who have been emailing and calling and writing and trying to make appointments, like you said, and they've been ignored. They've been ignored. This is this Congress is historically unpopular, um, and they have been ignoring the will of the people for a very long time. And here we are. You know, I almost feel like at the point where we saw with women in Poland and the strike that you know we, we saw mm-hmm. that happen, and like so, it seems to have that same type of energy right now around this confirmation. So, so Tracy, you've been having an interesting, well, I know you both have had an interesting too, but Tracy, you have, <laughs> you've been having some really interesting interactions in response mm-hmm. to your activism. Can you tell us a little bit about what's, what your experience has been? Um, and happy belated birthday also. Oh, well. thank you. So I do want to go back and say, uh, before I answer that, because I'm a rebel, so I have to answer another question first. It just like, talk, like addressing what you talked about with like this idea of having some guilt around not being here. I think that there are so many fights happening. And the only reason I feel comfortable being in D.C. and not in Oakland, for example, where we have the chance to elect like a really visionary mayor um, or in Georgia, where we have the um, the opportunity to elect the first black woman as governor and actually be in D.C. is because we have people like you holding it down on the ground. So that's really important, and I don't think that that can be discounted. I feel like there's a lot in this movement of like, oh my God, this person had a viral video, or this person has this many Twitter followers, or whatever it is, and that becomes a measurement of our work. But as we know, and people who do the work know, that there are people who stay up at nights um, and who are doing, doing work that that is just as, if not more important, because they're holding down a lot of that work. So I do want to um, say that first. Um, and then the other thing is like to say that this has been just like a really wild time. You know, I joke and say I grew up a uh, chubby black girl in Wisconsin. So it's, I have a real thick skin and a real quick clap, clap back. So like trolls don't really uh, bother me that much. I mean, they're there have been people who have said things about my looks, about I've been called a hood rat 25,000 times today. Like, that happens. Um, but there's also these, like, concerted efforts to pretend as if we don't call out all men. So people will be like, oh, what do you have to say about Bill Cosby? Or what do you have to say about Bill Clinton? And if you have followed anything I've ever done or any of my work, you would know that I've been calling out those men for, for decades as well. So it's not a Republican and Democrat thing for me. I don't think confirming um, a sexual predator onto the Supreme Court should be a partisan issue. I think it is an issue that all of us should have concern with, but nobody does. You know, we, I confronted uh, Bob Corker, and at the end he said, I know this is fun for you. So you're, you're like, a, you're, you're asserting that it's fun for women to tell their survivor stories. And I 
assured him that it was not. Or you have somebody like Mitch McConnell, who we confronted, who wouldn't even look at us. He would not give us time of day. We were clearly invisible to him. And he shook the hand of a white man. And I called him out about that. Or me and kind of like my roadie roommate, uh, Julia, she was my roommate all through the Be A Hero tour um, and then also through the Kavanaugh fights. We said we wanted to do a woman-to-woman action where we brought a bunch of women around to talk to Republican women senators um, and, and like really talk to them about what this means for us as women. And people were, people didn't think it was going to be successful. We had about 200 women going around the Senate building to each of these offices. And we had about 28 women take a rest, Julie and I amongst them. So there is um, some really, there are some trolls out there who are trying to detract us, but there are some really strong women who are making sure that we um, are propped up. Yeah, I want to sort of add to that um, you know, first and foremost, it's always really interesting when, you know, people try to discount your actions against sexual predators by using, like, incredibly sexist and homophobic uh, and racist language. And so, you know, that is probably 80 to 90 percent of the people on social media who respond negatively to what folks are doing. You know, the reality is that the vast majority of people support our actions, are now throwing down for our actions, and kind of going back to the Soros connection, and I'm with Tracy, I'd like some respect on my check too, if I could get it, but like going back to that, the reality is, is that these actions have been funded by tens of thousands of small dollar donors all across the country. We have one crowd pack up right now that's uh, against Senator Susan Collins, and it says, you know, if she votes to confirm Kavanaugh, that we are going to fund her Democratic opponent. That crowd pack has $1.7 million in it, and it was funded by more than 55,000 small donors. And so, you know, when people send you those annoying emails or when we share on Facebook and we do small dollar fundraising, like that is the moment where if you have two or three or 10 or $20 to throw into this fight, um, you know, to throw it in because we don't have private jets and we can't afford dinners at Mar-a-Lago, all we have is our collective ability to pool our resources and fight together. Um, And then the other thing I just wanted to really say quickly is that, you know, the media is the media, especially mainstream media. That's why I'm so grateful to be doing your podcast, because, you know, I think if the mainstream media were, you know, the only source of information, you would believe that everybody planning all of this work and everybody doing all of this work are white, uh, that they're all wealthy, that they're all middle class. And in particular, these actions against Kavanaugh have been coordinated by people who are low income, by women of color. And it's important to center, as we always are, our leadership role, because what we don't want to see happen is, you know, we don't want to sort of whitewash Rosa Parks, whitewash the situation where, you know, if we're able to defeat Kavanaugh, people start saying, oh, it was just, you know, one person in an elevator or, you know, women who uh, were holding vigils or whatever that thing is. Like the reality is, is that women of color have been busting their butts organizing and, you know, have been extremely strategic in their tactics and they have brought us to the moment that we're at. Um, And so, you know, if you get that fundraising email from those big, large groups out there, um, just know that the folks who have been on the ground putting their bodies on, line, on the line and risking arrest have been CPD Action Network, have been Ultraviolet, have been Bird Dog Nation, have been 
the women's march and you know we like love all of the tactics just like the civil rights movement needed lawyers and it needed organizers and it needed faith leaders we love all the tactics but if what's inspiring you is the bird dogging then fund the groups uh you know support the groups throw your resources into the groups that are like really leading that work on the ground I definitely want to appreciate the, the the supportive message that you just shouted out initially, Tracy, about, you know, because of all of us still keeping all the balls juggling in the air, we do have sisters like you all who are able to go and lead this work. Because you're right, this is this is this is how movements should work, right? Um and, and Jennifer, to what you were just saying about funding the work and the people doing the work, like like I think that's brilliant. And I'm not going to throw nobody's organizations under the bus right now, but there are larger organizations that will take up space and donations and are not necessarily contributing in the same way to frontline folks who are literally trying to fund and be able to do this. But the coalition of folks that you name, including, you know, you guys' organization, CPD, has been doing that and trying to make this accessible to people because I have seen that, right? People are like, well, everyone who's protesting must be rich because, or they're getting funded by Soros. And we've already established that Soros ain't paying y'all. But like, that is the assumption that when people do this stuff and people take time, like I remember like over the years, you know, I would take leave. It would be sick leave. Like as a single mom, I'm taking leave away from like the leave I need for my family to go participate in something. Not because I got it like that, because it's absolutely important in our presence when we can't. Because that's, even though that was a tough spot for me personally, it still was a privilege for so many of our sisters out there who don't even have leave to take, right? So like, I would always recognize that like, I'm in a position where I can do this. So I'm at least going to try and do it. Or, you know, last month when I was, or what was at the end of August, when I was hopping in the car and riding back and forth down to, to Randolph County, where they were trying to close polls in the predominant black county here in Georgia. Like, I recognize that I'm in a position where I have the gas money and I have the flexibility of my job where I can go do that. So I'm doing this for all of those who can't also go. And 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 so I appreciate the, the, the way you all have been constructing this. So just thinking about, like, what are some things that people can do to, to support? I mean, we're all sharing the videos and stuff. I, I, I again, like I, I am, I, I send y'all positive energy, light, love, and lots of prayers because this is real serious work. I hope you're eating and taking care of yourselves the best as you can. And shout out to Jennifer's kids, who I'm sure would rather have mommy home during this time, but obviously your family um, understands the work that you're doing. So shout out to them and to your family and and, and everyone else supporting y'all, but like, what are some things that people can do to kind of show solidarity if they can't actually be in DC? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'll throw up the link to the to the fund as well. People can drop, uh, folks, y'all can drop, you got a dollar, got $5, got $27, drop it in because it's actually going directly to this work. Uh, but what mm-hmm. are some things people can do to kind of show solidarity? Definitely. I think, you know, part of one of the things I think is really beautiful about the Be A Hero campaign is that a lot of people thought it was about um, Jeff Flake or about asking uh, people who we know have kind of been cowards and villains to be heroes. And that's not really what it's about. It's about 
everyday people taking heroic action. So, um, you know, people can show up to their in-districts at offices. People can go knock on doors. People can find organizations in their community who are doing this work. So I'm, in, I, you know, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I don't live there anymore, but I give $10 a month recurringly to two organizations on the ground doing that work. So if folks can afford to do that, finding those organizations is, is positive, but volunteering through those organizations, um, calling your friends and family, knocking on doors, um, making sure that we are actually um, raising young girls and boys who understand rape culture um, and understand uh, what this is, like having those real conversations at home is heroic. It's hard. Um, so for me, those are some of the things that people can do. Um, call your senator, uh, show up, have it start at home. Um, those are the heroic actions I'm thinking of. I mean, the other thing that I want to sort of share on that line is like, we need to vote <laughs> and we need to vote in the highest, largest numbers that we ever have before. And look, the reality is for the vast majority of people in this country, they are not going to be voting for a candidate that fully inspires them. Now, if you live in Georgia or Florida or, you know, Wisconsin, um, you know, you're hot, you may have a little bit of a different experience, but for the majority of us, right, we are going to be choosing between candidates that don't fully represent our values. And I still need us to go out there and do it and to encourage all of our friends and to help all of our family do it, to vote as a stopgap measure, meaning we need to take back one of the houses in the midterms. We need to take back a few of these governors, um, you know, seats. We need to take back a few state legislatures in the midterms. So go out there and make sure that we're able to do that but then on, on the day after the election, or maybe even the night of, be ready with an agenda that demands the full respect and dignity that our communities deserve. And we can help folks coordinate on that. Um, but, but be ready to actually move an agenda and hold people's feet to the fire. And then be thinking about the next primary election and what it would look like if we had a few more Rashida Tlaib or Stacey Abrams or Ilhan Omars out there all across the country, how we could really transform this nation by centering women of color, by putting them not just at the heart of our strategies and our, our, our ground game, but actually putting them in positions of leadership and electing them, how we could transform this country. Because let's be clear, Donald Trump will get at least one more Supreme Court nomination, right? Maybe two more uh, by the end of his four years. And we cannot afford to have another Kavanaugh moment. We need to get through these midterms and provide a stopgap so that, that women don't actually have to drop everything or, you know, women like me don't have to spend three weeks away from our children just so that we can try to save democracy. So please vote. Please, you know, really, really look um, at these candidates uh, and then don't let them be, you know, don't let them get away with just you know, playing politics as usual after they're elected. Actually, let's build an agenda that we hold them accountable to, or let's vote them out in the next election. Absolutely, and I definitely appreciate that that message about let's support good people willing to do the work, or at least saying they're going to do the work, and then also let's hold them accountable and build, not wait until we're right before the next election cycle, but start building out now. And I'll put in my own little plug because, y'all, we got municipal elections going on in 2019 and 2020 as well. So we can't forget, you know, that most basic, that, 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 that most 
you know, direct level of government that we interact with in our daily lives, but also appreciate, you know, centering this back into the multiple strategies. I mean, y'all listen to the multiple strategies that just been discussed, you know, with Jennifer and Tracy, because there's so many tools in our toolbox and so many things that we can do in ways to elevate and lift up this work. But, um, you know, and, and just real quick shout out to Rashida Tlaib, who got arrested today at a Fight for 15 um, um, action and, and panel in the streets in Detroit. Like we talk about people walking their talk and leading in this way. This is a very real thing. And we can't mm -hmm. out there because they're champions. We need to still have their back and support them no matter what. And accountability is still supporting those people. And Rashida Tlaib, shout out to her, especially Congressperson-elect and member yeah. of Good Jobs Now, Detroit, Michigan organization. Like, this is what we're talking about with the multiple um, strategies and all the tools in our toolbox and actually engaging grassroots groups. So um, definitely shout out to her. Shout out to Good Jobs Now. I have to say shout out to Gwen Moore, actually, who was the first Congressperson ever arrested with the Fight for 15 in Wisconsin with us um so rashida's got some good uh you know paths to walk in but i have to shout out the og who was the first congressperson ever arrested and faced actually in a house ethics uh investigation because of that arrest we need more elected officials to stand up like that they should all be in the streets especially in states where there's single power um single party power like when there is single party power, the only power we have is the power of disruption and confrontation. And that's what we're facing at the federal government level right now. And that's what we're facing in many, many states. So bringing it back to bird dogging, coming full circle, let's confront these folks wherever they're at. Their policies do not stop at your front door. They don't stop in the bathroom. They don't stop at your doctor's office. The policies that they are implementing affect every aspect of your life. So why in the world should we give them a night of sleep, a night of peace, until they stop causing harm to our communities? Absolutely. Respectability ain't going to free none of us. Um, oh, girl, say it. I mean, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm not going to recreate the church scene from Glowboat back in the primaries down here in Georgia. But respectability is not going to free any of us. And I absolutely appreciate all the great energy and love that you done put on my podcast tonight. Thank y'all both for so much that you were doing. I look forward to touching base and checking on you. And just y'all, y'all, I'll, I'll make sure y'all follow them and just follow all the amazing work done by Center for, Center for Popular Democracy. Um, really amazing group of people. And um, shout out to also in Tracy's neck of the woods, we got Kat Brooks and Nikki Boss running for um, City Council District Two. Is that District Two? D two, my district. D two. So really excited, amazing people, amazing work being done by CPD and Local Progress and some of the other folks. And this has, you know, been a great conversation. So stay tuned. There's more coming up. Peace. Bye.